Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. Our guest today is Doc Rose from the band Rose Penny and Penny the Dog, who couldn't make it today. She had a previous engagement, I guess. This is our last show in North Carolina, so we're going to talk to Doc Rose and find out about the music scene in Raleigh. You know, I've got a 50-watt and 100-watt amp, but this 30-watt amp by Bill Landry just beats them both. It's the LS30. Came to Bill Landry from taking the red channel from his 100-watt LS100G3 made one channel, low-watt, EL34-powered amp. After building the prototype, he divided the one channel into two channels with a shared stack. As it turned out, they really worked nicely together. Bright switches, separate gain controls, master volumes on both channels, bam! The LS30 from Landry Amps, with all the goodness of an EL34. All this, and barely over 25 pounds. The LS30 from Landry Amps. Check him out. He's got a YouTube channel where Bill will show you all of his amps, and you can look and look at how they look. You can hear how they sound, and he does the same on his website, so you can check that out as well. It's www.landryamps.com. Doc Rose is our guest. The band is called Rose Penny, and Penny is the name of the dog. Now, how does that all happen? Your name is Rose, and Penny is the dog, and the band is Rose Penny. Yep, so I was looking for uh, a name. Um and I was looking for a name that hadn't been used, and that's pretty hard to find. Right. Uh, so I combined, you know, at first I was thinking maybe Penny Rose, but but that's definitely been used. Um, and so I just switched them around and started looking around on Google and, and social media to see if, if that had been used as a band name, uh, and it hadn't. There are plenty of people named Rose Penny, uh-huh. but uh, the, the only thing I could really find was a... Uh, I think a boutique photographer who was Rose Penny Studios or something oh, wow. like that. So, so for a band name, you know, I was looking for something unique. And who's in the band? Who is Rose Penny? Uh, so Rose Penny is. So it's actually just me. Right. That's so I, I, I pro- <laughs> yeah, I produce music um, and try to get it licensed. Okay. Um, so I've done the whole touring thing and I've done the whole, uh, you know, record label thing before um, and found it, you know, some people are made for that stuff. Um, and, you know, I have a daughter and uh, commitments at home and usually being at least in my last band, the the slightly older member and the guy who wrote all the songs and sang them, you know, you, be, you become kind of a de facto band leader. Yeah. And I had a lot of guys who were a little younger than me who had girlfriends and they had commitments they wanted to be a part of. So when we would go on tour, I'd hear a lot of uh lamenting about yeah. wanting to be home with those things and i got tired um and burned out and uh, that happened a couple times so i kind of i kind of stepped back from touring and and all that stuff and now i just focus on recording and licensing yeah it's interesting i was in a in a cover band in st louis and we had a similar problem uh we didn't have a band name and one of the guys was working at a mu- music store and john and i were the older guys and there were three younger guys they were in their 20s and John and I were in our 50s, and there's an amp called the Vintage Modern. So he just swapped them, swapped them, and we became Modern Vintage. Well, modern the modern vintage. guys, the modern guys were all 20. And they were going, they were, 
missing out on all the 21st birthday parties because we we're gigging on Friday and Saturday nights while their friends were right. having turning 21 and going out and celebrating being making, you know, where it's legal to drink now. And I said, well, invite them to a show, you know, that way you don't miss out and we get a bigger following that way. Like, nah, nah. But that was what their, their problem was that same lamentation that I, it burned me out. I like guys, either, yeah. then, then don't do it. Nobody's putting a gun to your head. They, they right. enjoyed playing, but they also missed, you know, 21 parting with their friends. So yeah, I, I dig that. So yeah, so you just, uh, but you're in Raleigh, right? Have you, yep. how'd you get started? Did you start? Are you from Raleigh originally? So I am one of the natives from Raleigh. Um, one of the few in the proud uh, these days. <laughs> so born and raised here. Um, we have a lot of transplants, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I was born and raised here. Um, I went to a very nice school with a very nice fine arts program um, for 11 or for nine years. And for those nine years, plus another three years in high school, um, I played the violin. Oh, wow. uh, so in kindergarten, we were all required to play the violin at this school. Um, and then after that, maybe six of us continued to play. Um, and I, I was lucky. I am lucky. I had a natural propensity for music and that stringed instrument. Um, and ended up learning a couple other stringed instruments and piano and teaching myself drums in high school and guitar um, and all that stuff. Uh, so that's that's pretty much how I got started. I didn't get started, so I mostly played in uh, quartets or in orchestras up until I was 16. And then I started to, I had learned how to play guitar by spending hours and hours and hours of, of uh, writing songs with three chords, the same uh -huh. damn three chords. Um, and for lack of a better person to sing, I had to teach myself how to sing too. Um, took voice lessons briefly and piano lessons briefly, but I did it so differently than, than the teachers wanted me to do it that we ended up stopping those. Um, and then I started writing songs proper um, when I was about 16. And I hooked up with a guy at my high school who was into, was starting to get into recording with a little digital uh korg 16 track mixer uh -huh. um and it wasn't quite analog it was like half analog half digital yeah and it was such a pain in the butt to use um but we got real good at using it recorded two albums senior year um and then that guy actually a little a little tangent he uh so he was going to go to engineering school and become like a mechanical uh, or industrial engineer he ended up instead, because of the records we recorded, he went to Berkeley College of Music, graduated with an engineering degree, and has won, I believe, two Grammys now. Oh, wow. No um, kidding. And That's so, fun. so you know, once he told me that, you know, if we hadn't done that, he never would have gone to Berkeley. Um, and that's pretty cool. He's uh, he's one of my oldest friends. That's that's awesome. Now, have you yeah. uh, have you gone that road, like down the, the awards path and been nominated for awards and grammys and whatnot or no 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 nothing like that um so the closest i ever came to a grammy was i shared a practice space or i rented a practice space with a band um that was next to tift Merritt's practice space so she won a grammy a couple years back she's from north carolina uh -huh. um and so that's as close, and Travis in, in California, the guy I was talking right, about, right. Um, that's as close as I've ever gotten to awards like that. Uh, I've been featured at a couple music festivals um, as an example of, you know, somebody who's doing doing the recording correctly. Right. Um, but no, <laughs> not, never, not just never doing it, but 
not not just doing it, but doing it right. I, I talked to a, right. a company called Red Dot Recording in, uh, I think he's in Fargo, North Dakota. And we were talking, mm. we, we talk about studios in quotes. You know, there are studios and then there are studios. And it's the studios right. that are in quotes that make it really difficult for guys like you that do actual recording. You know, right. Like, yeah, well, I've done recording too. Well, no, you haven't, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. You got out garage yeah. band, man, and that's not the same. <laughs> it's funny. So I, I've i definitely spent a lot of money in studios. And then the last record I had for a band, and, and if this was the band that toured the most, and this was the band I really got burned out with, um, we, re we recorded in my house and then sent it to California to be mixed and mastered. Yeah. Um, and spent money doing that. Ever since then, I've used Logic and Pro Tools to record myself right. and uh, come up with creative ways to mic things, um, specifically drums. And I'll always get comments like, how did you mic these drums? And it's usually with condenser mic where I, I figured out where to put it so I could get a good kick and get uh -huh. everything. So I, I definitely do a, a version of discount recording. Um, and usually do it in my house uh, by myself. And uh, uh, my friend says that uh, out in California, he says, you know, the stuff you send me um, is just as good most of the time as people who spend a bunch of money in, in recording studios. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, right now I'm currently recording. Uh, I went a long time without, without writing and recording up until last year for, for a number of years. And then I discovered this app called Band Lab. And I just heard about that. Yeah. I it just is phenomenal. Yeah. So I record all my songs now through this uh -huh. microphone really? on my phone. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds, it sounds honest to God. It sounds just as good as everything I've done in Logic. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. It's so conducive to sitting somewhere in your house and just recording as opposed yeah. to plugging in the, the preamps and all that, you know, the microphones and all that stuff. I mean, recording has come. One of the reasons why I stopped recording years ago for a little while was it, it was such a pain in the butt to to get everything where you wanted it to be. And then yeah. by the time you get everything turned on and ready to go, um, you you might have lost the inspiration to do it. That right. happened to me a couple of times. So now when I want to record something, I just open the app, open the studio and press record. That's what I I'm, I'm building a studio in my house in Missouri. And that's when, yeah. when my friends come over to jam or whatever, I want to do two things. I want to, well, three things. I want to open up the door to my control room. I want to hit power on, hit record, and then go. You know, yeah. that's all I want yeah. to do. Yeah. Sadly, I don't have any of the state-of-the-art stuff, so I've got all the old stuff. Sure. You know? <laughs> I got an old Zoom 16 track with like 64 virtual state uh, uh, channels on it, whatever. And I'll play around with that because once I start doing that, that'll, you know, that gives me something to do when I'm retired. I'm that and this, you know, although this takes up more time than. <laughs> right, right, right. I bet. So, I bet, um, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, that, that older analog sound and even the digital sound with those other, uh, like I was doing before in Logic, um, you, you really, it is hard to recreate that sound, those yeah. sounds. Um, so even in band lab, like it sounds great, uh, and especially for an app, it's so powerful, but you know, it's, it's, and you can use plugins and all that stuff and filters, but it is really difficult to create that warmth. Yeah. Um, and, and digital recording is just different than analog recording, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, uh, I'm trying to think. There, there's a movie called the the Fly, the remake of mm-hmm. the original Fly. Jeff Goldblum is trying to transport matter from this pod to this pod, and a fly gets in there with him, so it disassembles your molecular structure and then rebuilds it. Well, he got spliced in with a fly. Okay, mm-hmm. but before that happened, he tried it with a piece of meat. So he put a steak in there, transferred over to here. They took the steak out and they they cut it and they ate it. Him and Gina Davis, and they took a bite out of it. And he goes, "This is awful!" And she spit it out and almost threw up. He goes, "Right, because we were able to transfer the matter, but not the spirit of the flesh." Right, and that's yeah. that's like that's how I kind of define digital versus analog. Like digital can do everything analog does, but it's missing that the flavor of the meat. It is. It is. And a lot of times. You get really close, really close. You can. I also think the nature of music and popular music has changed so much that, you know, digital, for better or for worse, and, and for lack of a better way to look at it, has really um, obviously become the way, you, you know, you do it now. Yep. And I do think the way that songs are written now, especially pop music, which which I think I'm I'm in that world, indie pop. Um, I, I think that it's really you, you lose some of the heart, period, uh-huh. um, because of the songs that are being written. And not everybody, you know, not everybody. There's a wealth of music where I think the, the world is making more music than ever before. I agree. Um, I agree. But, you know, I do think, especially the popular stuff, we're losing, we're, we've lost a lot of heart um, and yeah. that warmth that, that we used to get in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Now, what I found interesting about your music, and I, I just finished saying, saying this to somebody, your music is interesting, you know, uh, in that I mean, I'm surrounded by music, obviously, from what I do, you know, and I've sure. been in a band, I've worked in radio for about 10 years, uh, always around music my whole life and i'll listen to your song and then you'll do something you're like you're gonna throw in a sharp or a natural where i thought it would just go melodically this way and you just throw something in like that or or the tempo will go like this all of a sudden that's different or just it's about melody with you it seems to me like melody is what really gets me on your music and the things that you do are very cool and very because they're creative you're like being bold and sometimes subtle, but it's still different. And I love that. I just love that because it's, it's lacking in, t- in a lot of music. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. That's definitely what, uh, so there's two ways that I look at it. That's what I'm going for, for sure. Um, but, mo- and melody is, is absolutely melody and chord progressions are where I live. Like the words are important to a lot of people. They're less important to me. It's all about melody and chord progression and how it makes you feel, how it makes me feel. You know, the point of this stuff is to elicit emotions and, and to make art for art. Yeah. Um, but the other way I look at it as, is, you know, a lot of those little things you're talking about, you know, people ask me and different musicians who are more engineer uh, kind of minds will ask me, well, how did you come up with this? How did you, why did you do this? Uh-huh. And it's kind of just, I explain it as it's kind of just magic. I don't think about it. It just kind of happens, man. Um, I'm one of those musicians that it just, this, this, I think this is going to sound right. So I'm going to do it. If it doesn't sound right, then I'm going to fix it. And, and no better testimony of that than your first song we're going to listen to. And we talked about this just before we started the podcast. The first song is called Ensas. 
And I didn't know if I typed it wrong. Should that have been senses? Should that have been fences? Uh, who knows? And and you said, well, it was a typo, but you kept it that yeah. way. And yeah. it's that to me, that's brilliant. That's genius. That's like letting the muse tell you what to do instead of trying yeah. to correct the muse. You know, and it happens. It happens inside my songs too. I'll make a mistake, and then I'll be like, "Well, that fits perfectly," and I'll keep yeah. it. You know, whereas a lot of you know, I love releasing music, putting it out into the world. I know a, a handful of musicians who are probably they're they're more talented than anybody I've known, and it takes them so long to release a song because they're trying to get it perfect. Every note's got to be perfect. Well, yeah. when I release a song, it is perfect in its imperfection. Because you do, for me, I do try to follow that 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 muse that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's Miles Davis that, and this really plays to you. I think Miles Davis said it's not it's not when you make the mistake, it's how you correct it. You know, mm -hmm. like you can mm -hmm. land on the wrong note, but it's the next note that matters. Because if That's you stay right. on that wrong note, then yeah, it's a blatant mistake. But if you go to the right place on the next note, then it's art. <laughs> That's that right. That's right. Really clever. Well, Doc Rose is our, our guest today from Raleigh, North Carolina, and the song we're talking about, we're going to play right now. The song is called Enses, E-N-S-E-S, Senses Without the S, Enses. That's right, here, that's right. Here on the Music of America podcast. I was the boy, I know it's all the same. She, baby, a lady on the street. Sing, she, baby, a lady on 
song called Ensis with Doc Rose here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We're going to talk to Doc a little bit more. We're going to talk about some inspiration stuff. B. Normous Productions, speaking of production, B. Normous Productions have been producing and recording music from videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, and that's production. Under tutelage of Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Milliken, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. And he's got one goal in mind, for you to make and sound as good as possible. So go make some videos. Go make some records at B Normous Productions. That's the letter B as in boy. B Normous Productions. They're on Facebook or at www.bnormousproductions.com. So, Doc, we were talking off mic about inspiration, about muse and the muse and how the muse can find you, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing I often say, because I I talk to a lot of writers here, and I say this a lot. I could line up 100 writers, right? And 70 of them will have a different way of how they write songs. And the Mm -hmm. other 30 will say, well, I do a little bit like what Doc does, a little bit like what John does, a little bit like what Wendy does. But it's an amalgamation. But it's there is no one way to write. And when you were younger, you were saying you could write, you could write an album or write a song in 30 minutes to an hour. Now what happens? You know? Yeah. So now it's, it's more like, you know, when I do get inspiration, I have to, you know, really jump on it or it's going to go away. Um, it, it affects me. It affects me in that sometimes I stay up all night writing. Oh, really? Um, and Oh yeah. I, I did it uh, two nights ago. Um, it happens about when I, when it's really uh, flowing, uh-huh. Um, that inspiration, it happens a couple times a week. Um, so, but then I'll get like a month of that where I'm up two or three nights in a row, not in a row, but in a week doing right. that. And then it'll go away. It'll ebb. Um, but following that muse, you know, it's, it's always felt in the way that I record, it's, it's very, it's magical. You know, it just kind of, the music just kind of comes to me. And when I was mm-hmm. younger, I really felt like it was coming through me. As I've gotten older and matured a little bit, maybe I've gotten used to the feeling, but it doesn't feel like it's it's coming through me as much anymore as I'm I'm building on what I've learned over the last 34 years. Um, so when I write, it's like you said before, it's very much about melody and progression for me. The words are the last thing that that I do, really. Um, it's about how it makes me feel. Um, so I usually come up with some chords um, or a bass line uh, and then a melody will just come to me or I'll spend time as now as I've gotten older, like making the best melody that I can. Um, and then once that's done, sometimes I'll create an entire song like that with with scratch words. You know, I'll make stuff up um, uh-huh. on the fly. 
Uh, and then I'll go back. Sometimes the words, some of the words are really good and I'll keep them. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll change them. Um, and then, then the song's pretty much done except for, you know, editing, you know, I take out a lot of parts. Sometimes there's too much stuff in there. Um, I'll add a little part here, stuff like that. But that's like the, the scrambled eggs theory, you know, the, yeah. the Beatles song, uh, yesterday started out as mm -hmm. he had a melody and John said, well, just, you know, said scrambled eggs. Oh my gosh, you've got such sexy legs, you know? And so that fit the rhythmic pattern, but then they changed the words. But yep. he had that beautiful melody that became yesterday. Yep. Interesting, because we were talking, uh, my brother and I were talking about this, and you look at like, uh, well, of course, now John Lennon's dad, but McCartney, Billy Joel, uh, Elton John, Bernie Taupin, all these people that wrote great songs years ago. What happened? Why did it stop? Why is it you know, the younger people that come up with these incredible lyrics? I think that there's something to be said. So my my music with age has mellowed quite a bit. Uh -huh. um, it's more mature, the sound for sure, but it's less, it's less like unbridled passion. And I think when I was younger, I, I can only speak for myself and my experience yeah. is you have this energy. You, you believe you can, you can survive, you know, um, and you can make it. Uh, and so you, you can fight for that. You can live for that. Yeah. And you, you don't have kids and you don't have responsibilities and you can be irresponsible and, you know, not work and just record music or just tour. Um, and I'm not not everybody's irresponsible with that stuff, but, but I was. Um, and I think we've lost or, or I think I think as I've gotten older, I've lost that unbridled enthusiasm, you know, um, and that that ability to just. For me, something has been has has changed not lost but changed with my energy levels and stuff like that um as i've gotten older i my son just turned 40. Mm -hmm. <laughs> put things in perspective actually turned 40 a year like a, a year ago no he turned 40 this year just anyway just turned 40 and i said well congratulations you're finally at the age where you start to realize you don't know shit you know right right <laughs> wait till Absolutely. you're wait till you're 50 when you really know it and then 60, you just laugh at those that are 30 and 40 that think they get it all figured out. Yep. So following that mindset, maybe that's what happens with us and creativity. At In our 20s, we think we can conquer the world, you know? The, the late teens, early 20s, even early 30s, we're vibrant and colorful and romantic and all of that happens. Then life gets in the way. And I think we get, uh, cynicism gets starts to set in or <laughs> maybe reality, you know? Like yeah. maybe maybe I can't uh, you know walk to Fiji across the Atlantic Ocean you know right 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 and 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 things in life start making us realize that those things that we thought we could accomplish maybe we can't I mean we can one of my philosophies is the guys are, guys are his the guy that says I can and the guy that says I can't are both right you know right but it took right. me a while to get there it took me a while to get there it yeah. took me a lot of I cans and a lot of I can'ts to get to realize that, that I'm right either way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy getting older. Um, it's calmer. It's more measured. Um, you know, my thought process is better than when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I, I recently in the last couple of years got to the place where, you know, for years I thought I was going to be, you know, I was really going to make it in music. Yeah. Um, and it's not out of the question. Licensing a good tool is a good tool for that. But uh, that's that's not my goal anymore. 
But I came to the realization a couple years ago, not that long ago, that like this this maybe not is not going to work out. Yeah. And yeah. what does that mean for me? And at the time it was a little sad, but then I had some conversations with some music friends um, and they were like, you know what? The whole point of this is to, to make art and then to get right. it out there. You know, if it doesn't happen for you, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not worthy of, of, of a place, you know, out in that music world. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's about, it's kind of like finding love. You know, you got to be in the right place at the right time, find the right person, and it, it's got to make sense. It's the same way with music, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, uh, I was on, there's a, a train of thought that hit me just then when you were saying that too. And at my age, you know, the train has already left the station before it even got there. Right. But <laughs> So I'll just, we'll just go past that. Let's talk about your next song, Up. So Up was, um, so I write a lot of mid-tempo stuff. Uh -huh. Um, and, and once again, I, as mellowing with age has happened, I, I also write some slow stuff. Um, and up was an attempt to just have, I mean, they're all fun for me to make, but to have fun, write something a little more up tempo, um, and just enjoy, enjoy that, that completely, like I haven't written a song like up before. And it reminds me of older songs. It was actually inspired um, the way that it sounds by a song called Love is Surrender by the Carpenters. Oh, wow. um, it's my favorite song by them. And so the drums were definitely inspired by them, um, by Karen Carpenter. Um, but I really, I really like up. I, I don't know how many, it hasn't been released yet, but the people I've shared it with, I don't know how many people uh, really enjoy it, but I like it. And so that that's what matters to me. Well, that's cool. We got a treat here then for listeners that have not heard your song yet. This is this this is a first and definitely a first for people that listen to the podcast that are just meeting you for the first time. That's really exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks, Doc. Doc Rose, our guest, and uh, sort of a premiere, I guess, of the song Up.
song is up and so am i this is just a fun conversation doc rose is our guest here doc rose from well doc rose and penny the dog and rose penny is the band who is also doc rose and it's a whole performance name thing And if you missed the first part of the show go back and listen to it and it'll make sense to you so you can discover your celebrity at the newest hottest and most interesting and fun live music show to hit the scene in probably 50 years it's called flash jam whether you perform live music or you enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for both recognition and rewards, prizes. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians get together and perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for the same song. So let's just say, speaking of the Carpenters, uh, Doc wanted to play flute on Yesterday Once More, and I wanted to sing Yesterday Once More, and my brother Mike wants to play the drums on Yesterday Once More. Well, we all take that song. We learn our part, but we've never practiced together. We come together at Flash Jam and we perform that song for the first time ever. It's really fun. It's really exciting. It's happening in Colorado right now. And they're branching out, trying to go nationwide. So kind of keep your eyes and ears open for it. And if you're not a performer, you get to participate anyway, because you get to be the judge or the audience. You listen to live music and you decide which combinations are the best. It's really fun, really exciting. And it's all there at Flash Jam. Coming to a market near you, Flash Jam. Welcome to the show. Our guest is Doc Rose, and Rose Penny is the band, performance, licensing name, and Penny the Dog. Tell me about Penny the Dog. So Penny the Dog um, is, so she came to me, she was a, um, she's my best friend. Uh, when we went, we went on a solo walkabout tour um, for 18 months or so all across the United States. We didn't hit all the States cause it's damn expensive to go across <laughs> the United States. Yeah. We hit about 25. We made it all the way to El Paso, Texas. Wow. Um, and she went with me. I converted my truck to a sleeper. It was awesome. Uh, but she came to me, um, well, before I go there, uh, one of the reasons why she was such a big part of all, all, the band names and stuff is because when we would play, we would busk on the street sometimes and we would specifically get tips because she was cute. Oh, okay. Um, and so, so I figured as a tribute to her and my best friend that, that she should be part of the name. Did she get like 10%? Uh, <laughs> like you a- know what? She, she got more than 10%. Um, I, you know, she, because we were on the road and all that, she, she got to taste a lot of my food. Uh-huh. Um, and there were lots of cuddles to the point where now I'm not at home all the time because, you know, we have to make money and stuff. Yeah. And she definitely gets sad. I need to get her a buddy. Yeah. We were together constantly. Yeah. What do you do when you're on the road? What do you do? So what do you mean? Like, is this all you do is music or do you? Do you have another? No, when, when I was on the road, yes, all I did was music. Okay. That is all I did. Uh-huh. Um, but when I'm not 
touring, which is most of the time, uh, I make giant timber slab tables, um, live edge tables. Yeah. So yeah, kind of just woodworking stuff. Yeah. Fun. Creative. Yeah. You keep yeah. The yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I had, a, I had an artist friend of mine who took a job at a warehouse once. And says, "Don't laugh, Tom, because it's all about spatial." Uh, spatial mm -hmm. spatial placement and whatever and so your mind has to work a certain way and that worked with the style of paint that painting that he did he says yeah. well, i'll see things so differently than a lot of people will and that helps my art and he he painted some really wonderful things for 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 me for gifts for people and whatever and yeah it's, it's interesting how that side gets get gets fed you know that, like that that mm -hmm. wolf that wolf gets fed through some of the most incredible vehicles that's right yeah, that's right. You know, and and I have I have people um, who say things like, "Well, I'm not. I wish I was creative like you. I wish I could make art like you, or 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 better art, or whatever." And I I always say, you know, there's art and and creativity to be found in almost everything humans do. Yeah, you know, almost everything we do, if you look at it one way or another, it, it can be considered those things. I, it's so funny you say this because this came up one other time maybe twice and i i gotta give a, a shout out to my buddy greg daniel when we were in high school now this is how how good creativity can be we were in high school we were assigned that that we had to go write something creative about something that's normal and he wrote a paper called the beauty of a fresh baked pretzel mm -hmm. now he worked in a snack bar at a discount store like a, it was called ventures like target you know he worked mm -hmm. and he he made pretzels every day and he just said he loved the how how it smelled and how people would react and how it generates smiles from people when they get the fresh baked pretzel right out of the oven that was over 50 years ago dude and mm -hmm. it was so well written and so inspiring that he found something as common as a pretzel to write and he got an a on paper by the way yeah of course and, and and Greg and I are still friends 50 years later, which is pretty cool. But uh, that yeah. creative process is there. And it, it gets back to what we we're talking about again with the muse. You just got to be open to it. And here, you just, I got to write something. I'll write about a pretzel. I'll be damned if you didn't write a great paper about a fresh baked pretzel. You know? Do you go? Yeah, that's any, amazing. Do you go any place to get inspired? Like some people need a, not need, but we'll go to watch a sunset or go to the mountains or go to the river. Are there places no, you go for inspiration? No. So I usually write um, in my room. Uh, so the things that, that usually inspire me. So for years and years and years, I wrote songs about love and unrequited love um, and really used that as, as you know, a muse, a nameless, faceless, you know, girl. Uh -huh. um, so now it's a little different. It's It's more about, uh personal things and aging but mellowing but also um it there are still songs about unrequited love um and then sometimes requited love uh but that's primarily what i write about so i don't need it is truly for me about uh uh you know a female centric muse uh -huh. um as opposed to a sunset or the mountains right now yeah. i've definitely had times writing at the beach or something um, mm -hmm. and, and I found it inspiring. Um, but typically I get 99% of my inspiration from what I've mentioned. Yeah. My daughter and son-in-law had a, or have a blog called Nomad Home. That's Nome, G-N-O-M-A-D. And mm -hmm. that's what they had done a similar thing. They had uh, converted their van into a mini RV and they 
traveled around the country for a couple of years. And that's what they've done for a living. Now they make their money off their website and off their blogs and off, off the, the hints and whatever different seminars awesome. that they give about that. And they both journaled a lot. And they said, if you ever do this, you have to journal because inspiration comes at you everywhere when you're open to it. And they would get inspired from a, a rabbit running across a desert or a thundercloud or how I felt this morning when I was hungry, you know, but all of that got journaled. And now there's from there, there's just so much, there's so much creativity that came out of those life experiences. It's really mm -hmm. cool. It's really cool when you can be un, uh, un, I don't want to say uninhibited. Uh, you don't want to be bogged down by the shackles of normal society. How about that? Right. Oh man. Amen. Um, when it comes to not being bound by the shackles of society, I, uh, I have lived that life many times of, of being unbound and it is the road less traveled for most of my peers. That's for sure. But you know what I always get when, when I do things like quit life and go play music on the road for months and months and months is I'll come back and I'll have people tell me, you know, I wish that I had the guts to do something like that. I wish that I had the time you, you have to make the time and it's not about guts. It's about making a decision to do it. When, mm -hmm. when I first set out, I'd never done anything like that, especially alone. And it was it was scary. And looking back, it was a lot harder than I thought it was at the time. But you just do it. Yeah. You just you just grab life by the balls and you go do something. Amen. Because man. as far as I know, I only live once, man. You know, so yeah. might as well take some chances. But I had a conversation with one of my brothers the other day that maybe this is the dream and dreams are the reality. You know, right. So right. that to me is, and just that phrase made me think that's a great source to write sci-fi. And I'm uh -huh. not a writer, but just now you and I talking, use the word unbound. And isn't that a great theme or a story to be put to song unbound with just mm -hmm. one word, bam, the muse is working here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, speaking of one word titles, locks, L O C K E S. So I saw that. I thought of Sandra locks, who was, uh, Clint Eastwood's girlfriend, wife, or whatever, for forever. But you didn't write about her, did you? No, no. So, uh, locks. So, I typically, I'm not a big fan of picking uh, song names based on like lyrics. Uh -huh. um, so, you'll notice that most of my song titles do do not have anything to do with uh, the song. Yeah. Um, they're usually it's it's an association thing. When I finish or get started um, and, and have the skeleton of a song, I'll be like, well, what should I name this? And the first word that comes to mind is what I'll name it. That's funny. Um, yeah. So locks was, you know, I, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking about, but the name lock came to me and um, I didn't want to name it lock. So I just added an S. <laughs> okay. Well, so when you were talking there, I was thinking like the, the song up. Somebody walks up to you and say, what's up? You can say, oh, this. <laughs> this right, is right, what's right, right. up. But locks right. and, uh, and up is called up because it's a little more up-tempo. Got, got it. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to listen to locks, the last song that we have from Doc Rose and Rose Penny. Uh, and then we'll get back for the what I call my favorite section of the show, shameless self-promotion. Right sure, now, sure. <laughs> right now, here's Doc Rose from Raleigh, North Carolina, and the song called Locks here on the Music of America podcast. Hands touching other hands, waiting for the light to change to go on. 
going All you really had to do Was say I'm thinking of you Now I'm standing by the lights Bye and bye you are the same You know it's not a game But you try song called Locks with Doc Rose, Rose Penny, here on the Music of America podcast. And Doc, like I said, this is my favorite part of the show, mainly because I don't have to do anything. You know, it's all you. Tell us about how we can find your music, help you get licensing or, or promote your licensing and, and promote your music and support you, buy your music, buy whatever, merch, whatever. How do we find you and where do we see you if you decide you want to go out and start playing again? 
Sure. So it's uh, it's pretty simple. Um, unlike most groups, uh, I don't have a whole lot. So what I do have is all my songs are well, all my current songs from the last uh, about eight months, um, plus one album of kind of mix and match songs I put out uh, this past year. They're all on all the platforms, all the major platforms, Apple, um, YouTube Music, uh, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. Just search for the band Rose Penny. Um, mm-hmm. But if you use smaller platforms, too, it's they're all over that, too. Um, you can either buy it or if you want to go to YouTube, um, not YouTube Music, just YouTube.com. You can search it and you can listen to them for free. Oh, that's cool. Doesn't, and that's it. It doesn't I, help you financially, but it's cool that you can that you've made your art available. That you know way. what? I I've sold plenty of records over the years, and it never really helped me financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about one platform because when I when I say I don't want to talk about it, it, usually gets brought up anyway by the by the guests. But there is one platform that gets maligned a lot on here, and I I don't like that personally because I know that's a vehicle where a lot of people get my podcast. But mm-hmm. I get it from an artist standpoint that if you're producing art and you do want to try and monetize your art to help perpetuate writing and producing more art getting 17 cents on a song just ain't gonna cut it you know (laughs) no it's not it's not at all um and i don't really know ultimately how i feel about that stuff you know artists back in the day 50s and 60s man they got screwed hard a lot of them um and to me it kind of feels like that's happening again but I also think that it's just different now. You know, I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think the artists who really want to make it have to figure out other ways, and many of them do, to make that money through merch, through tours. You know, selling records anymore is not the way to make money unless, no. unless you're going to sell millions of records or, exactly. you know, licensing is a good way to make money. If you get a national commercial... Like you're gonna make some money on that. If you get a, a TV show, um, you're you're gonna make some money. You might really make a name for yourself. The problem with licensing is over the last 15, 20 years, it's become so easy to record music, um, and everybody sees licensing now because it's happened uh, mm-hmm. as a way to get famous. Yeah. Um, so it's super overcrowded. Well, right, and and technology has made it so easy that you can record on your phone. That's right. You know, so. Um, closing then there's a movie called begin again have you seen this before uh is this about is this about the two brothers no it's uh mark ruffalo and kira kingsley and uh uh, adam levine so kira kingsley kingsley and adam levine are a songwriting partner team or whatever and he goes out and does this commercial commercialization of a song that they wrote mark ruffalo is a music producer and him and his partner break up but he goes to hear her and he discovers her and he's found fresh new music and basically produces her. And because of the contacts he's made in the industry, it's a really f- good music movie, you know, from, from a music. Again. Business. And, uh, but yeah. at the end, at the end, she, uh, CeeLo underwrites her whole album. And at the end, yeah. she's ready to release it. She's going to release the whole thing. You can download her whole category catalog, like a dollar. Wow. And Mark Ruffalo's, are you sure you want to do this? She goes, oh, yeah, it's my music. He goes, yeah, it's your music. I mean, you're saying goodbye to millions of dollars, but if that's what you want to do. And at the end, she pushes a load button and throws it out on all the platforms, and it's there for you to have for free or for a dollar or whatever. Really, really, really interesting. 
You know what I like, um, and I've seen bands do this, uh, and we, the band I was in used to do this sometimes at shows, um, and I believe, uh, I can't remember the name of the band now, it's a big band, um, chalk it up to older age, um, <laughs> but uh, Radiohead, Radiohead did, did it a couple, a decade ago, um, but we'll release music or release uh, albums and then you can make a donation or you can pay what you want. Yeah. You know? Um, and I really like that idea because if, if any musician who's not super huge thinks they're going to make money in, in 2024 off their songs or their records, you know, it's, that's just not true um, right. anymore. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot different than it used to be. Um, and it's always been, it's always been about, for for a lot of artists about touring that's how they make their money right. you know yeah they love a lot of them love touring but they're out on the road for 12 or 18 months because that's how they pay the bills back home right that and t-shirts right and t-shirts and t-shirts lots of t-shirts lots of stickers man well, yep. doc this is fun man I, I you and i could just probably sit and rap about recording for hours, you know. Yeah. When, I had a great when, time. when I get done with my studio in Missouri, I'd love you to take a road trip and I'll set you up a couple of shows or something so you can play there and come check out my studio and play around with my, me and the boys for a little bit and go make some money and then I'll send you back to North Carolina where you belong. You know, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Let's do that. That's let's do it for sure. All right, man. That was cool. Doc Rose, our guest here on the Music of America podcast, wrapping up our visit to North Carolina. Up next, we're going to go to North Dakota right here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.